Hey, this is Shamina. This is the Two Quick Things Podcast. I'm back with a new episode. Not a long story as to while I was gone. I'm just grateful to be back. Um, I want to start off by sharing a story of something that happened to me um, a few months ago that I am just feeling a little bit more comfortable sharing because I'm realizing that my story Sharing it is a way for me to kind of release um, some of the pain and shame and anxiety that was associated with it. Um, But it also is a reminder to people that are listening that this stuff happens to people that you listen to. uh, If I'm the friend in your head, so be it. But it's really... It's really been a life changing and I don't know that I've seen all of the the things that are have are going to come from this experience I had. I will say that it was a negative experience and I only wish it upon my worst enemies. Um, and even then I'm not even sh- sure I would wish it upon them. But I'll get into the story now. So I moved during the time of Rona, right around the middle of summer. And I moved into a building that for me was what I wanted. It was like the right location. It was at the three intersections of neighborhoods that I really like. Uh, It had a washer dryer. It was renovated. It had enough space. And I was really grateful to get it in a time where rent prices were a little bit more reasonable in the city that I live in. I'm in the Bay Area. And so I was like, these are all the things that are lining up. The movers were early. Uh, We figured all that stuff out. And I'd been living in that space for maybe about three weeks, I would say. And I remember I was coming into the building and I had, I was on a FaceTime with a friend. I had a package in my hand because I had, uh, this place doesn't have a, a huge place for like UPS packages. And so I went to the checkpoint, uh, the UPS checkpoint to get my package, was walking back in, knew I had another package there waiting for me at the mailbox area. I was going to go see how big it was and if I could carry both up the five flights of stairs because it was a building that only had stairs, no elevator. So I'm on the phone, I walk in, and this guy, um, insert white guy, uh, is like, who are you? And I'm like, get out of my face is what I'm thinking. And so I just keep talking on the phone. And then this dude proceeds to yell, like, who are you? I don't know who you are. Like, where'd you get that package? Let me see your ID. Um, And instinctively, I got off the phone. Um, And I was like, girl, I'll call you back. And, um, And I'll share some lessons at the end of what I learned from this and what I'm still learning to this, to this day that I'm learning from this. And... I was like, what, what do you want? Uh, who are you? Are you like the resident manager? Like, do you, do you run or oversee this? Because I've been in, I've been that person before, um, in a building where I'm like, oh, let me just, I haven't seen you before. Can I meet you? None of that. It was just rude and blatant disrespect from, again, I'll, I'll continue to say this is a white guy. So at this point, you're probably imagining that maybe this is, this is one of those viral moments that, you know, sometimes get caught, sometimes gets caught on camera and sometimes does not. Um, this was caught on camera from the property management company, but he proceeds to go through all this and kind of get in my face. Now, this person is still the time of Rona. He does not have on a mask. He is like jittery and a little jumpy. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And so in my mind, I'm thinking, 
this could be one of those instances where I die if I don't just go along with this because this has happened to people. And oftentimes it's with law enforcement where they get asked something and then like next thing you know, like they're dead. Like they are murdered at the hands of law enforcement person, some sort of white vigilante. Cause let's be honest, that's for the most part who we see at least on the news or we hear on social media are killing black people um, in broad daylight for no reason um, because they feel like they're entitled to information. Um, so I'm like, what, what is your name? And he's like, well, show me your idea. How do I know that you live here? And he's just getting loud and more boisterous. And I'm thinking, I don't want to die. And so I'm like, here, you can see my name, but not my address on this ID in the package. Now, can you get out of my way? And so he proceeds to get loud. And then I just walk away. I walk up the five flights of stairs to my apartment with the one package that I have in my hand. And I'm thinking, okay, of course he's not going to be there anymore because he got whatever he wanted. Um, and so I'm like, okay, let me put my stuff down and I'm going to go back downstairs. And so I go back, I leave my apartment door on the fifth floor and I come back and this fool is standing on the stairs on the landing. And I'm like, I'm thinking, what the hell do you want? Like, leave me alone. Like, I don't know you. I don't want to know you leave me alone. And so he starts to yell again and talk about how I quote unquote, like I fucking disrespected him. And if I had just shown him my ID, blah, blah, whoop de whoop, which kind of all of the language at that point kind of went out of my mind. And so I get loud, slightly loud back. And I'm like, are you going to get out of my way so I can go get the mail? And I say this two or three times as he's yelling and being really loud. I know other people heard what was going on because it was, it was really loud. Um, and so finally he storms off and walks out of the building. I go get my package and I'm thinking, I cannot believe that this just happened to me. What I have seen on viral video after viral video, especially in the Bay area of insert white person who feels like they are entitled to information or to access or something else of insert, usually a black person, but sometimes it's a person of color. Um, a non-black person of color, oftentimes it's a black person who's being demanded to show some sort of identification or some sort of um, reason or rationale as to why they are where they are. When really this white person has no authority, they're just doing it because they believe that they own the land. And I blame some of this, a large part of this on 45 and his um, his dog whistle to other white folks that you like, this land is your land. Um, this land is not the other people's land. And so you can demand and say X, Y, and Z or whatever. And so I'm like, I get back to my unit after picking up the thing at the package at the mailboxes. And I'm like, I can't believe this has happened. I call my girlfriend back and I'm like, girl, this happened. Like what the hell? And, um, shout out to Gabrielle. Um, cause she was on the phone with me. But I just remember like getting off the phone and she's like, maybe you should record yourself telling the story. And when I get upset or flustered, my cheeks get pink. I'm a black woman who gets pink cheeks. It happens to lots of black people. So in case you were like, do black people blush? Yes, we do. We get flushed. Um, so I recorded myself like telling the whole story. I immediately emailed my property management company. Then I called the police and they're like, do you want us to come out? And I was like, no, because I don't know if this fool, he knows where I live. I don't know where this fool is or if he's going to be still in the building when y'all come and it's going to make a bigger deal. I'll call back in the morning to lead, to do a police report over the phone, you know, at eight o'clock the next morning. And so 
all of these things are happening. I'm frustrated. I am angry. I am tearful. I am uh, unfortunately upset with myself because um, you never know what it's going to be like when you're in that type of situation. You don't know how you're going to respond. You think like when you see a video, you're like, I would never do X, Y, and Z. And like, I was this, these are the three things that I would say. But when you're in that moment, when you're like flight or fight and you're thinking, I've seen people get killed for less. I've seen, you know, you've seen the video or you heard it. Like, I don't watch the videos, but you hear enough to be like, these people, people die at the hands of people who feel like they have a right to information and access. And so in that moment, I was really in what I will call a shame shitstorm of like, I should have done this, I should have done this. And I've been working on giving myself grace because there's nothing that prepares you to be in that kind of moment or experience. And so, you know, do the police report, send it to the property management company. Um, Needless to say, uh, after like 30 or 40 email exchanges where I have to like highlight my blackness and then highlight this guy's whiteness and be like, this is where it happened. Do you have video? Here's a police report. I ultimately get end up getting um, what I wanted out of the situation, which was out of the lease and pay for my move to somewhere else. And no, I don't want to still be on your property. Threatened to be like, I'll ha- I have legal, you know, legal advice, you know, coming my way, blah, blah, blah. I think we can resolve this amicably. Basically, if you just give me what the fuck I want, um, no excusing any French there. So that I can be out of here because you seem like you, you're going to dig around with this. And what I don't have is time. Um, and every time I'm in this building, I am cautious about it, the, every corner that I turn. Um, and is this guy going to be standing there or is he going to come and knock on my door? Am I going to have to shank this motherfucker with the knife that I'm now sleeping next, sleeping with next to my bed because I was that shaken? Because again, you never know what's going to come of this when someone, especially when someone knows where you live and they have had the white audacity to ask, what are you doing here? When I paid the same rent, you you do. I probably pay more because I've. if you lived here longer than I have, you probably got it in on a deal, but that's beside the point. So that has been that experience. Um, so I have since moved to another place where I feel like hella secure. It's a better place for me. This is, this is where I was supposed to be in the first place, but um, apparently for some reason I needed to go through that experience. Um, but I'm, I'm in a better place. Uh, so many things have changed since then, but here are some lessons that I have learned, uh, for myself in this one is that you don't know how you will react in these situations. So I've been inviting myself to give myself grace and give myself a break because there's a lot of shame around when you see these things online and you're like, why didn't they just say X, Y, and Z? And why didn't they do this? How come nobody around said anything? And you just never know. So inviting yourself to to have grace with yourself. And it feels like a weird thing to be like, you have grace with yourself. Yes, it's part of it's like a constant releasing of like you did the best that you could for yourself given the circumstances at that moment. And that can be applied to any situation, any relationship. Reminding yourself that you did the best that you could with the information that you had at that moment. And all you can do is the next best thing for yourself. Um, uh, another lesson I learned, leaning on the only peop- the people around me got me through that situation. 
it got me through. It's one of many things that got me through, but I had to let go of doing it all on my own and holding it to myself and not sharing the story. So I was sharing the story. I was trying to seek counsel advice. Um, surprisingly, I know many people who had like pro bono fo legal folks who were ready to help because I think it was probably a hot story because it was on video. Um, and I'm black and this, this person that did this to me was, is white. Um, and so sharing that story reminded me that there's power in sharing that sharing stories, even as they are painful. And that in this instance, white people, so I shared it with folks that I work with, like the leadership team and there are a number of white people on there, non-black people of color. And I'm like, they need to know that number one, I'm hurting. I don't, I didn't need anything from them besides for them to understand that maybe stuff was going to be a little bit slow and that they now know somebody who's been through this. So if you think that outside of these walls, things don't happen to the black people that you know, that is a falsehood because now you know someone who this has happened to. So that's the second thing, leaning on the people around me. Uh, the third thing that I had to, uh, constantly be a fierce advocate for myself and figuring out what I wanted. And that did not come easy because I wavered back five or six times. And I'm like, I want to stay. I don't want to move, but I want to feel safe. So what was I willing to do for myself? Even though I felt like I was giving something up, what I gained was so much more. It was a space that I wanted to be in. It was comfort. It was peace of mind. It was knowing that this fool was not going to come and knock on my door or I was not going to see him when I walked through uh, the doors of my now new building. And so um, being a fierce advocate and realizing that that's going to look different um, than you think it might. And that's okay to change your mind and waver back and forth. And it was a reminder for me that I needed to really get still and stop listening to the people around me, get still, be quiet, and listen to the thing that I wanted and not get caught up in the things that other people thought that I should do. Like, you should fight this. You should take this as a legal battle. Why should you be the one that moves? Um, and I had to, had to realize that for me, it was about choosing me. What was the thing that was gonna help me feel okay with existing with all of the newness that's going on in my life right now? And that was tough because you sometimes feel like I don't want to let people down who have showed up for me. I wanted to do, and it was, it's really this people pleasing thing that was, um, really trying to get at me. So, uh, being a fierce advocate for myself and like being still and getting still cutting out all the noise and then making a decision that felt right for me in that moment. And then the last thing, um, I'm reminded of and that I'm learning um, is that the warmth of shame can be lethal um, and it can be, but it can be overcome and it takes each individual paying attention to that shame, acknowledging it and trying your best not to hide it and finding the people that can hold you up, that can be on the other end of the phone when you're crying or be on the other end of a Google Hangout or a FaceTime while you're crying and just hold that space for you. But shame can really, shame can, will have you out here fucked up for real. It will have you thinking like, I should have done something different. That's what shame will do for you. Um, and it is, oh, it can be overcome. It takes work. It takes acknowledgement. I still, um, this happened maybe almost two months ago. I'm still like telling myself, like you did the right thing for yourself. 
Um, it doesn't matter what other people say. It doesn't matter how they would have handled it. You did what you needed to do for yourself in that moment, given the resources that you had and the mind frame that you were in. And so constantly acknowledging that shame for myself and telling this, this story that I'm telling you all that are listening, um, because it's real. Um, I've got some other examples of like shame and it showing up and it being kind of a shit storm, but it was, it was really like, I'm supposed to be, I'm quote unquote, supposed to be this strong black woman. You know, I'm supposed to be in some circles, a strong friend. And here I am. I, I feel like I was folding under this thing that was, that happened to me. Um, and so really it's been about taking some of that power back from that situation and reminding myself that you can come through these things and you are not required to do this by yourself. You are not required to do this by yourself. And so um, that's the story that I have right now. Um, I uh, thankfully am in a much better place, but know that it is okay to give yourself grace in this that fight or flight mode because you never know what's going to happen. And you don't know what's happening to the people around you because not everybody's telling their story because this probably happens more often than not. And sometimes it's not even recorded. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm hard pressed to think like if this wasn't recorded, like would the, the company have um, responded uh, in the way that I wanted them to, even though it took me getting you know emotional and loud and expressing my disappointment in writing about their lack of cultural sensitivity, et cetera. So that's all I got for y'all now. So now I'm tired. I'm about to go have a little whiskey. Um, but thank you for listening. Uh, you can find the show on, it's still on Apple Podcasts. Uh, so slash iTunes, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Um, I'll be trying to do more of this as I adjust to kind of what what is happening right now in the country. Um, but yeah, feel free to, if you're on... Um, Instagram, you can find me at Two Quick Things, and you can slide into my DMs, any of that. But thank y'all so much for listening. I hope that y'all are doing well and the Rona is staying out of your life. All right, bye.